Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is October 19th, 2020. It always requires discipline to look beyond the next few weeks and months and take a long-term view. In the short run, investors remain focused on election uncertainty and how the once again worsening pandemic, combined with stalemate over further fiscal stimulus, threatens to dramatically slow the pace of economic recovery following a strong third-quarter bounce. But while the short-term outlook is grim, a medium-term view can be more optimistic. Over the next few months, political tensions should diminish and Washington will likely take significant further steps to aid workers, businesses, and state and local governments until the pandemic is brought to an end. We can also hope that a safe and relatively effective vaccine will be found, and that the public, chastened by the experience of this terrible year, will be more united in following the guidance of public health officials to allow us to get back to normal life. At that point, however, we'll have to reckon with the many costs of the pandemic. The most tragic cost, of course, is in lives lost. Beyond that, however, there will be businesses closed that will never come back and personal finances that will be hard to repair. We estimate that real GDP, even after a sharp bounce in the third quarter, will be 3% lower than at the start of the year and roughly 5% lower than it would have been had the pandemic never occurred. While employment has bounced off its lows, it is still down 10.7 million jobs from February, wiping out all of the job gains since June 2015. And there's the fiscal bill. On Friday, the Treasury Department announced a deficit for the fiscal year just ended of over $3.1 trillion, boosting the national debt to just over $21 trillion, higher as a percentage of GDP than at any time since the immediate aftermath of World War II. This will likely rise further in the months ahead, as additional stimulus is approved by Congress. In short, when the war against the virus is over, we will have much to repair and rebuild. Our success in doing so will depend to a large extent on the overall pace of economic growth we are able to achieve and maintain. This, in turn, will depend, in part, on demographics. That is to say, our ability to supply the additional workers and consumers that has been a traditional strength of the U.S. economy. Here, too, however, a recovery will be necessary. Relatively strong population growth has always been an advantage to the U.S. economy relative to its developed country counterparts. Indeed, in the first 15 years of this century, average annual population growth in the U.S. was 0.9%, compared to 0.6% in France, 0.4% in Italy, and essentially no growth at all in Japan or Germany. This solid U.S. population growth, of course, added to the demand for houses and cars and appliances. It also, importantly, allowed for a growing workforce and tax base, slowing the deterioration of the public finances. In recent years, however, U.S. population growth has slowed and is nearly ground to a halt in the midst of the pandemic. This is the result of three separate trends. Note that, due to the annoying Census Bureau record-keeping, the numbers that follow refer to years ending in June 30th. First, immigration has slowed. Between 2000 and 2015, net immigration to the U.S. averaged roughly 900,000 people per year, accounting for 35% of our overall population growth. From a purely economic perspective, this was particularly advantageous, since new immigrants are more likely to be in their young working years than the native-born population. Indeed, Census Bureau projections for 2017 show that while just 23% of the overall population was between the ages of 18 and 34, 55% of net immigration fell into that age group. However, since the middle of the last decade, 
A number of factors, including tighter restrictions on legal immigration, has reduced the annual net immigration number to just under 600,000. Based on visa applications, we believe that the pandemic may have contributed to this total falling below 400,000 in the year ended June 30, 2020, and to just 100,000 in the year ended June 30, 2021. Second, births have fallen. After peaking in 2015 at 4 million, the number of babies born in America has fallen every year, a number just under 3.8 million, in the year ended June 30, 2019. Sociologists expect that uncertainty caused by the pandemic will further cut birth rates, and while, for obvious reasons, this won't have a significant impact in 2020, we expect to see a further sharp decline in the year ended June 30, 2021, perhaps to as low as 3.6 million. And then there's the death toll from the pandemic itself. Every year, as the American population grows and ages, the number of deaths rises, climbing from 2.7 million in 2015 to 2.835 million in the year ended June 30th, 2019. Given the toll from the pandemic so far, it is likely that total deaths rose to roughly 3 million in the year ended June 30th, 2020, and could reach close to 3.2 million in the year that will end on June 30th, 2021. Adding all this together, as we show on page 29 of our Guide to the Markets, annual population growth may have slipped from roughly 2.3 million people per year in the middle of the last decade to just 1.2 million in the year ended June 30th, 2020, and as little as 500,000 in the year that will end June 30th, 2021. In 2022 and beyond, births and deaths in the United States will likely resume their recent trends. However, we will not be able to recover most of the lost ground in terms of the natural growth rate of the population. This makes immigration an even more important issue in driving economic growth for the rest of the decade. Because of the aging of the baby boom, the working age population would, in the absence of net immigration, fall by roughly two-tenths of a percent per year through the end of this decade. Consequently, a restoration of immigration to the pace of a few years ago would seem like a prerequisite to achieving faster economic growth. Without it, without it, the U.S. would likely face a worsening of the fiscal position, leading to higher taxes and bigger spending cuts. Investors should consequently keep a close eye on this issue, both in thinking about U.S. fixed income investing and in allocating between the U.S. and overseas markets. In recent years, immigration has become an emotive political issue, and no one benefits from the illegal status of millions of immigrants today. Our history and our humanity demand that we treat all people with respect and kindness while still securing our borders and processing applications for immigration in an orderly and efficient way. We can hope, if political tensions ease in the wake of the election, that we finally make progress on this issue in the form of a long overdue comprehensive immigration reform bill. But as we do so, we should recognize the value that immigrants have always brought to our shores. Part of the repairing and rebuilding of America will depend on, once again, welcoming the young, talented and energetic immigrants who have always provided an extra spark of vitality to the American economy and our society. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your JP Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. 
any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.